Welcome to She's Got Soul, Journey of the Modern Women podcast. I am your host, Coloma, psychologist, neuroscientist, primatologist, movement instructor, and mindfulness coach. A woman in her flow knows what she wants, feels empowered and free, and lives in the natural state of high vibration she was born to embody. This is what this show is about, a call to all women whose purpose is to express their creativity and sensuality, who are ready to experience life from a place of alignment and connectedness. Today's episode is about connecting with our feminine, about how to reawaken the goddess within, about the importance of pleasure in our lives and relationships, and about the freedom that is to live a life in alignment with what we truly want. For this, we have with us Amanda Bicom, an evolutionary coach who pushes against the norm of what is possible in sex, love, and relationships. She has spent the last seven years traveling the world, gaining insight from ancient Eastern spiritual practices and studying with various mentors in the fields of Tantra, Yoga, Qigong, Taoism, and other embodiment practices. Her background is a certified holistic nutritionist and she plans her studies of East and West to support the balance of the masculine and feminine in personal and group coaching practice. Hi Amanda, thanks so much for being here today. Thank you for having me sister, I'm excited. <laughs> I I actually would like to start our conversation by getting to know a little about your journey towards who you are and what you currently do. Yeah, so who am I? Um, I call myself an evolutionary coach because I've been many things from nutritionist, to tantra teacher, to coaching uh, in general. And I really work a lot in the field of intimacy, sexuality, and feminine embodiment. And I support actually both men and women, even though my audience is, is much more women than men. They're a lot easier to reach and a lot more ready to receive the codes on sexuality and intimacy. And so I run both one-on-one um, -on -one mentorship as well as group programs to help men and women understand themselves, intimacy and sexuality. Um, yeah, more deeply. Amazing. And what brought you to this? <laughs> Um, my lack of connection to my own ability to understand intimacy and sexuality. I was a yoga teacher, so I grew up um, with a single mother who was very much in her masculine, and she did a great job raising me. And I didn't really have any role models of what it meant to be feminine. And so in my discovery of really not understanding how healthy relationships works, my mother has been married and divorced three times and she's still single you know she's still single to this day I really didn't have a role model of what it meant to be in healthy relationship or what it meant to be um, feminine in general and so I set out you know understanding uh, yoga and really connecting to myself and then from there realizing I was really deep in my masculine And from there, realizing I was deeply disconnected from what healthy sexuality was. I actually didn't like sex and I didn't have a connection, a positive relationship to sex. And so it was from my understanding um, that 
and my desire really that I wanted to be able to connect my spiritual practices to my physical body and my sexual body that I discovered Tantra and sacred sexuality. And once I discovered Tantra and sacred sexuality, everything changed. I can relate to you to the work that you do driven by this seeking of understanding yourself deeper and your desires and sometimes we tend somehow to create stories stories that somebody needs to feel to be safe and now I'm talking about relationships so we engage in relationships in which both individuals play out each other's wounds um Mm -hmm. And it is only with awareness uh, of these patterns or roles that we play that we begin to break the cycle and moving from codependency to interdependency in all our relationships, not only romantic ones. But if we talk about romantic partnerships anyways, you can meet another partner as equal in a relationship where nobody has to fix or save but rather love and grow. This is when we break with these cycles of codependency of management. Yeah, I mean, the first thing is 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 to realize that we come from codependent narratives and structures. You know, for mm-hmm. at least the last couple hundred years, it's been um, from a very functional and practical basis that women um, have been dependent on men to support them. And that means as far as putting a roof over our heads and feeding us. And there's been a very distinct role that women are the ones who take care of the children. And in exchange, men are the ones who um, put the roof over the head. And as that is changing and more and more women are being able to sustain themselves and to support themselves, um, we are now getting to first and foremost look at the pattern that we've been raised by most of our parents probably also maybe in our generation as I mentioned I come from a single mother but this is kind of the beginning of when our parents generation is from the beginning of when that even really was able to exist and now moving into our generation where actually um, there's a lot more women who are able to support themselves financially they no longer need a male partner in order to provide for them. So what this is asking us to do is then first acknowledge where we come from, second, really start to do our inner work and start to realize, you know, the patterns and the habits and the pain oftentimes that we have um, from the imprints that our parents' healthy or unhealthy relationships impact had on us and start to do a deeper dive into understanding our connection with our own masculine and our own feminine. Because if we don't have a healthy connection to our inner man and our inner woman, then the connection that we have with others is also not going to be that healthy. Um, So it's really all about the inner work, you know, understanding where you come from, understanding patterns and habits and understanding potential traumas that you've experienced, ancestral traumas, um, even going as far back as that, and then really starting to do your own inner work of creating a healthy relationship between your inner man and your inner woman inside you. From that space, we can attract healthy relationships in the external. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and especially connecting with the selves also well includes aligning with what we one and for us to get there we also have to experience what we don't like and embrace it yeah and 
what I mean yeah. by that is that if we don't exper experience the things that we don't like, um, and we or yeah, we I, we have the tendency of drawing drawing more energy to what we don't like in general instead of practicing gratitude or appreciating the opportunities of the things that we are so used to that we like. Um, we complain about the things that we don't like. We regret. Mm -hmm. We resent. So the use of words can also have an impact on how we see our reality, how we see ourselves. When we shift our vibration by encoding in new beliefs consciously, we can transform our this inner self. And this is how inner growth also happens. But what is the process to change this unconscious programming is changing our internal dialogue enough to shift our reality? Hmm. Yeah, well, that's step one, right? Step one is just becoming aware. And, you know, it's so much easier to point out other people, um, to notice other people complaining, to notice other people, um, you know, what I, I use the term negative Nancy, being negative Nancys, you know? Um, and so that's like the first thing, whatever you see in someone else, realize that that's probably also a part of you that's triggering. It's a subconscious part of you that you haven't yet fully integrated or seen. So like, if there's something that really triggers you about someone, it's also a part of you. It's either a part that you're repressing and ignoring and denying and or a part that you're deeply afraid of having mm -hmm. and so the first step is to you know just look at your judgments what are the judgments that you have of other people and then turn that around and ask yourself how do I also have those qualities or those attributes it's been something really powerful for me lately I've been noticing several people who I've been connecting with their judgment of other people and it really turns me off and I'm like wow I'm wondering how often I'm judging either externally or silently and I'm not aware of it. And so through observing other people and noticing my own triggers, I get to see myself more fully and then integrate those shadow pieces. So that's the first thing, like it's harder to see it in ourselves. So that's number one. Um, then number two is once you start to create the self-awareness, which is a practice, you know, journaling can really help using conscious languaging as you journal. Um, you know, becoming more aware of what you're calling in, Co being around people who are already, you know, aware of their conscious languaging, all of that can help you support your shifts and, and, and becoming more aware and more self-aware. So all of those things are, you know, important. And those are how you can start to shift your internal dialogue. But it's not the only thing, you know, you can, there's a, the secret, which came out like 12 years ago, made manifestation seem super easy by, oh, you just change your thoughts and then all of a sudden your reality changes. Well, not exactly because we do live in a three-dimensional reality as well. So in this three-dimensional world, which consists of matter, you also have to have actions that will align with this new vibration and understanding of thought and perception. So once you have your conscious languaging down, how are you choosing to show up in the field of actions so that you can uh, make the reality in the three-dimensional world that you desire. Totally. Mm -hmm. Becoming aware of society, becoming aware of subconscious beliefs, becoming aware of, yeah, all of these pieces. And the image at the end of the day that we have of ourselves. And I've seen a lot of women who try to 
change their hair, work out, whatever external changes to become something that they are lacking in the inside. And they want to be this woman who moves with ease, who this goddess, they want to be this goddess that they already are. But rather than connecting or accessing her, we've been taught, as you were saying at the beginning, through conditioning, uh, to seek for it through external change. And it comes down uh, again to the connection we have with ourselves, to our worthiness. It is about shifting this mindset to take action, as you were saying, to owning also this goddess and celebrate ourselves as we are, rather than trying to be something else. And for us to learn how to do this, we have to, again, reprogram our beliefs and include new ones. But we also have to incorporate, as you were saying, practices that connect us to our bodies from the inside out. And my question here is, what are some tools or some practices for women in their journey to be, to unleash or to unlock this this goddess? Yeah, yeah, it's a really good point that you made. You know, we are taught... um, there's a billion dollar industry, which is the beauty industry, you know, so there's a lot of programming from commercials to, um, you know, anything that we see on media in any way, shape or form that we need to get something outside of ourselves, And that will be the missing link to help us feel good. But ultimately, feeling good comes from within you. So some practices. First thing is just mirror work. You know, I think every woman should have a mirror work practice stand in front of the mirror put a timer on, gaze into your eyes in silence for two to three minutes and just notice what what you see inside yourself and do this practice often incorporating some deep breaths and really allowing yourself to feel all of the emotions and stories and things that you see to come to the surface. You know, that's one really powerful practice. Another one is put your hands on your body and really feel your body, feel your curves, not from a self critical but literally as the hand as the hand who is moving over your breasts and who is caressing your belly and who is feeling your thighs and your yoni what does it feel like from the hand because a lot of women we put all of this pressure on the visualization but curvy women feel fucking juicy and divine and it's like clouds Mm -hmm. so it's interesting how we have this external like the visualization but yet sex and intimacy are all about feeling. And yet there's a story that, you know, the thin woman is the one that we desire. Um, And there's nothing wrong with either. So if you're a thin woman also looking to this, feel, you know, the tightness of your skin or feel, you know, the firmness of your muscles. It's a different experience, but go through feeling your body as the feeler rather than as the mental self-critical. And when you can start to see and feel your body for the beauty and the pleasure that it's able to give you, then you get to become aware that you're also giving that much pleasure to whoever it is that you're connecting with. Then you can start to see yourself differently because you're seeing through the eyes of feeling rather than the eyes of, you know, self-critical negative self-talk. So that would be, you know, those are two practices that I would say um, that any woman can start to do today. To, to really begin to become more in her body and to, to learn to love herself. That's powerful. And actually, actually I, I meditate, I practice meditation, but I don't practice the mirror, standing in front of the mirror. So I will definitely incorporate that from today. Yeah, bonus if you can do it naked, you know, do it naked. Like start with your eyes and then 
do it naked and really start to see you see yourself through the eyes of love and see your body through the eyes of love. That's another really powerful practice to kind of level two to add on to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's all a part of deepening the connection within, but it also includes this reawakening of the feminine that you mentioned at the beginning. And especially for female entrepreneurs and leaders, this can be difficult. And I wanted to talk about that because I think I've read that at some point in your life, um, you were this successful woman um, and until your body broke down at one point and you had no energy like physically. And I could relate to that because I also went through that uh, through a turning point. And it was from that moment that is like a new me arose. And I feel I had spent the majority of my adult life operating from my masculine as well. And I started seeing life differently. Like if it were the first time I saw it, I was forced somehow to pause and observe and to feel everything that had been left aside as I was too busy living my life or achieving. And it was then when I started truly connecting with the feminine. I am not focused on my achievements anymore. I still have to put in effort in being aware of the times that the masculine wants to lead because it feels safer for me. And then is when I have the chance to relax into the feminine and see the beauty of it. Um, And it's unfortunate that sometimes something seems to have to happen to us for us to open our eyes. Um, But I, I would like to that you gave us some tips on how to recognize when we are pushing our bodies, how to acknowledge mm. that our identity is rooted in our traumas and not living from this freedom that comes when we are fully connected to our feminine. Yeah, so, you know, the feminine is the feeling. She doesn't come from the mind, she comes from the feeling. So when you're in the mind saying, oh, I need to do this and I need to do this and you know, I should do that. Any of those shoulds, like, oof, be careful. <laughs> because, you know, the feminine, it's like there's, for instance, I'll give you an example. This morning, I have a, a really busy schedule, busier than normal. And, um, you know, I had my first podcast interview today at 10 a.m. my time. And I remember um, I looked at my schedule and I had all of these, you know, from clients to master classes, etc., and I said, whoa, and my masculine started kicking. I was like, okay, well, I want to work out because this is, you know, the week of my period where I have the most energy. So I'm going to look at the word, like, you know, when the next class is and then I, oh, okay, so I can go to the 815 class. And whoa, that is my masculine trying to tell me that I should work out because I'm at the highest level of energy and I have a gym membership and my class yesterday wasn't as hard as I want all of these stories that are only coming from the mind, then it's like dropping back into my feminine and saying, you know what, I'm just going to wake up in the morning and see how I feel. What would be the most nourishing thing for me right now? And I woke up in the morning and it was raining and it's like, oof, okay, the most nourishing thing for me right now would be to lay here and to turn on, you know, some of my um, affirmations and lay here in the bed and allow myself to listen to the rain and then touch my body and then go into a self-pleasure practice and create more spaciousness. You know, the feminine desires spaciousness. The masculine is the doing, the feminine is the being. So how can you create spaces where you can just be in your life and not do? 
how and that means not on the phone that means not in that like literally going out to nature laying in your yard if you have one you know feeling the music turning on music and just feeling the energetic pulse um there's so much you know there's so much that we can do in order to begin to feel so the feminine is you know one question what's the most nourishing thing i can do for myself right now this is both for food for the way you spend your life for the workouts you do for the way you spend your day and 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 creating space just to feel just to be can you schedule yourself in space to be and to do nothing that is deeply nourishing for the feminine mm-hmm. we're talking about practicing routines and saying affirmation affirmations but you also mentioned that we have to take action that we have to carry on with our vision at the end of the day and put energy in what we want. So, sometimes uh, there's a thin line between being in our feminine and being drawn by or let our emotional waves distract us from our vision. How do we trust in ourselves and show up and at the same time actively surrender? how do we find this balance because as you were mm. saying it's beautiful to have these routines and saying these affirmations and just being but we can also be i don't know be too distracted or yeah yeah by, by our emotions right and, and do nothing at all yes so there's definitely an, an, an awareness of where you at where you lie in the polarity spectrum mm. this is actually one of the reasons so my background is a nutritionist and it's one of the reasons why i love the doshas and understanding the doshas mm. in ayurvedic nutrition because there's like we all have certain personality qualities and traits. So the first thing, again, is self-awareness. Where do you fall out on the spectrum? Are you the person who is constantly doing and has a hard time relaxing? Or are you the person who relaxes a lot and gets distracted and really never gets anything done? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this is where you really get to start deepening and understanding. Okay. So if I am somebody who is constantly doing and has a hard time relaxing, I get to, in order to create balance in my life, cultivate more practices of the feminine. So being in my body, being with my emotions, journaling, crafting, being in nature, doing nothing, slowing down, et cetera, et cetera. If I'm a person who has a hard time getting things done and I'm constantly distracted or I can just chill out all day, etc., then I get to create balance in my life by creating more masculine practices, such as working out, having projects, doing goals, um, learning new languages, you know, anything that stimulates the mind. So it's up to each person. There's no one size fits all because we're all in a slightly different, you know, human makeup. And also it, it will depend at different points of your life. You know, we typically lean towards one and our job is just to begin to balance with opposing practices so that we can come back to central. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All of this is connecting within, but there's only one step away from connecting with another human being. And one way of connecting with another is through sex. And sometimes we forget that our relationship with sex starts at a very young age and it continues impacting our lives throughout our teenage years and that all of our experiences around sex impact 
how we move with our sexuality as for the rest of our lives. Sex is part yeah. of us and it is an important part of especially romantic relationships. So it's important to talk about it and especially in order to heal our wounds around it, to be honest about our past so we can become more authentic and, and create safety around our own sexuality, allowing the other person to feel safe as well and to understand and to learn how to express our desires, communicating our boundaries, being vulnerable. This is how intimacy is cultivated. And without intimacy, there is no true connection, just the bodies, you know, masturbating each other. So mm -hmm. uh, my, my question for you in regards to this topic is, how do we create a healthy relationship with our sexuality? And what are the changes that we will observe when having this healthy relationship with it? Yeah, so again, as interesting as we talk about these different themes, it all has to do with kind of the same pillars, right? So the first thing is looking at our social and cultural and societal conditioning, you know? Um, what is it that society, culturally, socially, you know, is telling us, is programming us? And then a religion is a big part of that. So what type of, then you look at your, your childhood and your upbringing, what were you taught about sex? What were you not taught about sex? How was sex viewed um, in your upbringing with your parents and in your, you know, let's say if you went to a Catholic school, it's going to be a very different experience than if you went to a public school. And if you grew up at, let's say in Spain or Italy and you grew up in America, it's going to be very different or Israel, you know, like there's so many different um pieces that play that come into play when it comes to understanding the way that we view sex and then the second piece is you know what are your personal experiences with sex do you have a positive connection do you have a negative connection um you know talking about where when you first learned about masturbation do you think it's wrong or bad like there's all of these things um that play a part in how we see sexuality And so a big piece is kind of understanding that and then starting to consciously create better education for yourself on what it is, um, you know, sexuality means to you. Do you have a self-pleasure practice um, or do you have a masturbation practice? Understanding what the difference between those two things are. Starting to, you know, cultivate a deeper relationship to sex, a positive, a healthy relationship to sex within yourself. That will then, of course, as we've talked about many times throughout this podcast, will echo out and reflect back into the relationships that you have. And so, you know, a big part is, is doing the inner work around these topics and re-educating um, yourself so that you can create uh, a healthy relationship that you've created rather than the one that you've potentially been given. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I feel that some people unconsciously give pleasure to another person with expectations of having mm -hmm. the favor returned back, kind of, let's mm -hmm. say. And for me... To give in order to get is manipulation. Like there's not other mm -hmm. word for it. It's different than the genuine desire to give. And yeah. we understand that, yes, sex is an exchange of energies. We are sharing our energy with another being, but it's not a transaction. Like if both partners enter hoping to get something rather than to give, mm -hmm. what is this? This is not... There's not love. There is no true connection. As I said earlier, intimacy entails vulnerability, honesty, 
trust. And for this to happen, there cannot be manipulation involved. And manipulation is this doing something, expecting something in return. And then we could talk about frustration or, well, things that come from expectations not being met. So how, how do we acknowledge if we are operating from this space uh, of inauthenticity and how we can shift uh, our sexual experience uh, into a more real one? Yeah, well, this is oftentimes, again, like we learn a lot of our sexual how-tos from porn, which is very often goal-based and goal-oriented. Like you're supposed to have as a woman multiple, at least one orgasm, you know, and men are supposed to ejaculate and that's what is good sex. You know, that's apparent according to porn. So the first thing is just like taking goals off the table, you know, taking goals off the table, really coming into a space of honoring and worshiping and really honoring the connection, you know, the fact that this is actually really sacred. Chances are you probably don't share your body with everyone. And so when you start to realize that you and your gift of sharing your body is a gift and you start to take that into deeper, you know, consideration and um, really prioritize that and honor yourself and worship yourself and are more discreet about who you choose to share your body with, that energetically is going to show up in, in your relationships as well. You know, I don't ever experience anyone who has, I, I don't have transactional sex ever anymore. It's not like that hasn't been in my field for years. And that's because I've done the inner work to really truly honor and worship myself. If I am only in this space of honoring and worshiping myself, I mean, oftentimes masturbation with yourself is also transactional. I'm going to touch my genitals in order to get something. Do you ever touch your genitals in order just to fucking touch your genitals and say, thank you. And I'm so grateful for you. And I love you. And I'm so honored that I get to be in connection with you. That gives me more pleasure than most things ever possibly could. Most people don't have that practice. So if you expect someone to not be transactional with you, are you not transactional with you? And can you begin to embody a different vibrational frequency because everything is energy and we attract that which we are emitting. So again, it comes back to your own personal practices. And once you can cultivate this like level of next level lovemaking with yourself, then you will only attract people who are also at that next level of lovemaking. Otherwise, you won't even go into those spaces with them because you can see, you can smell it. You can smell, I mean, the more work you do around your own sexuality personally, the more you can see how much other people do or do not do around their own sexuality. Um, and, and from that space, that's how you begin to, to have better selections and be in spaces where people are really practicing you know, the art of sacred lovemaking, um, which is essentially, I think most of us want, we just don't know how to get there. Mm -hmm. It's, it's about being present at the end of the day, right? And celebrating every moment and treating it as sacred rather, yeah. in, in our daily lives as well. If we move through our lives with goals in mind, rather, we might not enjoy the present moment as much as if we were just present by the sake of just being present. Right. Yeah, and that's the feminine, you know, that's that is the feminine essence right there. Mm. Okay, so we've talked about embracing the feminine and how to connect with all these parts of ourselves and how to create deep and real and orgasmic experiences with another. But what happens when your partner 
needs you to be more in your masculine? Yeah, great question. So um, you get to the, the way polarity works. Doesn't matter if you're in the same sex relationship or uh, a, a opposite sex relationship. Doesn't matter the way polarity works. It could even be in business relationships. Is that whoever can surrender more and relax the more the most. Um, the other the other person is going to be the one that is directing. So it's a practice, you know, it's like if you let's take it this way, if you all are trying to go, if there's a group of you, clarity plays out in groups as well, if there's a group of you and you guys are all trying to go to Yosemite. And there's and you guys are trying to figure out like, okay, well, how do we get there? If everybody's in their feminine and everybody's like, I don't know, what do we do? How do we get there? Someone will have to be like, okay, give me a mouth. I'm going to figure this out. That's somebody whose masculine is coming on board so that there can be action and direction taken. So a lot of times with women who are naturally in their masculine and are naturally leading, they often, not always, but often have kind of a hypercritical, I can do it better. If I leave the dishes, they're not going to get done. And if they do get done, they're not going to be done when I want them to do. So I'm just going to do the dishes, for example, or like I can do it better. Like I I'm and, and, and that energetic of I can do it better. Actually, even if you don't say it, emasculates the man. It's like, well, if she can do it better and if she's just going to do it, then I'm just going to let her do it. Fuck it. Because I don't feel empowered as the masculine to actually step up for you you actually aren't even letting me step up and hold that space. And so therefore I don't feel inspired and therefore I don't feel seen. And therefore, why would I, if you're going to do it, then fuck it. I'll just hang out and chill out. Thank you. And so it's a practice. It's a practice for you to just stop doing and to get out of your potentially judgmental space of if I don't do it, no one will. Um, start asking for what you want, start putting yourself into the energetic receptive mode of being able to receive and really just start to, to start saying, Hey, it would feel really nice. Like I would, you know, it would feel really good for me is if one night this week you could cook, it would really make me feel like I would have a deeper connection to you and that would make me feel really good or whatever it is. Yeah. So you get to drop down in your feminine and practice being feminine and Hey, guess what? The dishes might be not be done and you just get to relax and you get to not create resentment and not create frustration and not get angry. Obviously I'm using the dishes as an example. It could be anything Mm -hmm. and you get to just help this person reconnect to their masculine and find their masculine and you know sometimes in relationship it can be really hard to change the polarity depending on how long the relationship has been happening um and it can create a lot of uncomfortability in the transition and and sometimes as you're finding your feminine if this person isn't ready to step more into their masculine and it's not what you need that may be a signal that the relationship is no longer actually serving you the way that you need and desire to be served. So you have that conversation. And if that conversation is had and um, nothing shifts and changes, then that might be, okay, thank you for this beautiful opportunity to connect and to be a part of my growing experience. Now I need something else. I'm ready to receive something else. And if you can't meet me there, then maybe potentially this 
chapter um, has come to its completion. And from that space, you get to then repattern yourself and being able to receive so that the next person, the next partner that you receive, you will only look for people who are in their masculine. And I dealt with this too. Many, many men I were with were way more in their feminine than in their masculine. And it's because I had all the things that I named. I felt like my masculine was stronger. I actually didn't feel safe. I actually didn't trust his judgment and his ability to pick the restaurant because I knew where there was better food and he didn't care about those things as much or I was more driven in my work, et cetera, et cetera. It wasn't until I learned how to receive and to honor the masculine and to really have better choices um, that I now am only in relationships where the masculine takes the lead all the time. And I fucking love it because Mm -hmm. it's not that I need him to take the lead. It's that I desire him to take the lead and he desires to lead. And he and I honor him every time. That's another thing. The masculine desires to be honored. So every time I honor him, I thank him. I tell him how good it makes me feel that I can fully surrender and know that I don't have to worry about what we're doing or where we're going. And I trust him so fully. The masculine also really wants to be trusted. I trust him so fully in his choices and his decisions. And it makes me feel so open and it opens my heart more. And the masculine also wants the heart of the feminine to be opened more. So yeah, there's a lot that gets to be, you know, looked at, but those are some examples. Yeah. And you mentioned that it's difficult though, sometimes to change this polarity because we can embrace somehow by embracing our feminine, we can facilitate that the man connects with their masculine, but at the end of the day, if they are not ready, they will not. Yeah. I mean, this is how you start to fall into the mommy role, you know, no man, like the last thing any man ever wants you to do is tell him what to do. And that's the last thing you want to do. You know, Mm -hmm. so you create clear boundaries. You're like, look, this is what I need. This is what I'm ready to receive. And if you can't meet me there, that's okay. I'm not trying to change you. And in that case, I get to choose. My masculine gets to choose for my feminine that I desire something different. I'm not trying to change you. This is what I need. If you're not ready or you don't want to meet me there, then it's my choice to be able to move in a different way so that I can get my needs met elsewhere. And what if both partners are in the masculine or the feminine for too long? Also, polarity dies, you said. So any attraction actually is no longer there, right? Yeah. You become like brother-sister. It becomes like a brother-sister relationship. Um, So if both partners are in their masculine, then sexuality isn't there. They're very focused on their goals. They're very focused on what they're doing. It's more of like a brother-brother relationship. Um, if both partners are in their feminine, it's all about feeling, it's all about having experiences. But again, there's like nobody taking initiative to make sex happen. And there's oftentimes it's like a sister sister relationship. It's like, oh, we're just having fun experiences, but there's no penetrator, there's no action, there's no, yeah, there's no polarity. So polarity will die. And these often play out in relationships. You'll hear that like relation long marriages turn into brother sister relationships or you know, mommy, 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 baby relationships, etc. Like those things play out often in relationships. And so that's why understanding polarity is really, really important. Oh, yeah. And how I guess the way to get back to our center is through maybe get some professional help or can the relationship themselves, they can navigate through it or I always every couple should do like in in order to create polarity, you need space, you need interdependency, which means you need to be independent in and of your own self. I think every man should have a men's group and every man should do his own inner work. 
This is why I have a group program for men called The Initiation. And every woman should do her own inner work. This is what, you know, when you find, when you meet your partner, usually you're feeling fucking amazing. You're showing up for your personal practices. You're getting it in life. You're on fire. You're radiant. And then what happens, you get into a couple relationship and then both of you start losing your um your your independence you start sitting on the couch together you stop going to the gym as much you stop being as social you stop doing all the things that you did that made you feel fucking radiant and alive and this is how you lose polarity and so i think really truthfully even beyond couples work i think if each individual like yes you can do couples work as well but i think if each individual created a responsibility to connect to the brothers and to do their own inner work, you reconnect to yourself and your power and your magnetism and your ability to penetrate and show up. And, and that is going to turn your partner on because you've reconnected to the power points within yourself, which they were attracted to chances are from the very beginning. Yeah. Oh, it's interesting because we're not taught that in school. And I think that it's really how relationships work can determine how you show up in life because they are part of your life like a relationship that you have is a is part is an extension of of you so if you're definitely not happy in with your relationship this can take a toll on with other relationships in your life and okay the man usually is in their masculine at work but then they can come home and if the well it doesn't matter the gender but if I am more in my masculine then I don't allow him for a space to keep being in the masculine but maybe he wants to relax because he's been Mm -hmm. in his masculine all day long so it's how how this balance works yeah that's a a good one (laughs) it is and and it's it's a practice you know like this is one of the reasons why I think we're starting to see more and more people creating their own businesses and running life the way that they want to because sometimes you can be overwhelmed and overexhausted at work and then you you don't have any ability to to stay in that point holding and you do just want to relax but then you guys get to find a, a meeting point you know like how can you both stay in a relaxed space you know how can you like if when it comes to dinner like okay like you know like what if you weren't there He's going to have to fucking feed himself anyway, you know? So what would he do? He would probably order food because it's the easiest thing, you know? And this is why, like, the feminine wants to naturally nurture and wants to care. No, don't eat takeout. Don't eat pizza. I'll cook for you, you know? Like, it's great. It's an, it's amazing. It's this caretaker archetype of the mother archetype that we all have. And is it becoming an expectation? Is it becoming something that is always done? And then are you always stuck in this role? You know, I understand. And, and maybe, okay, nine to five. If he works nine to five Monday through Friday, I hear that you don't want to fucking think about what you want to eat or, and it feels really good for me to nourish you in that way. Great. On the weekends, I would love for you to step more into your masculine then so that I can relax, so that I can also receive your ability to make decisions. And, you know, this is also why I think the nine to five model doesn't actually really nourish us or work for many of us. Um, because it, 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 it prevents our ability to be fluid and to show up when we, when we, in a way that actually serves us and those around us. Um, but yeah, it's a balancing act. You know, the first thing is just becoming aware of polarity and then seeing how you both can, I think the strongest relationships have the ability to flip back and forth in polarity, um, to some degree. 
I prefer to be more in my feminine in my relationship. But obviously in my business, I'm very much in my masculine. And I also prefer to, to be more often in my feminine in the bedroom. But I also prefer to be more in my masculine from time to time as well. And so it's about understanding, having the education, and then learning how you both can work to create better polarity inside your relationship. And it's a joint effort. It's a couple, you know, so there's two of you that get to be responsible, not just one. Yeah. And it's also how we, each of us manage stress as well, because when we face challenging situations, I feel that we tend to go into jump into the masculine and in the stressful society <laughs> that we live in yeah. it's very easy to to just try and be there all the time in the masculine 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 do, 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 busy 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 and sometimes this is even a distraction when we're too busy and if two people in the within the same relationship they're operating from their masculine which means there's no polarity and also they're stressed and they are um, busy, which means distracted. There's no connection possible. There's nothing there. Yeah. 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 So this is why you have to build into your structure times for intimacy, times for doing nothing, times for feeling. This is where rituals and practices can become very, very important in creating deeper spaces of intimacy because sex is also doing so can you create space inside your relationship? If you need to schedule it in, then you schedule it in. You know, Friday night, we're doing a ritual. How do you find those rituals? Take courses, take classes, find people, get a relationship, help you create deeper intimacy, et cetera, et cetera. But that's where it becomes the work of the couple to really prioritize the connection and the intimacy. Do you have any example of a practice that couples can do together? Yeah, I mean, very simple, very basic. Create a space where there's no phones, where everything is going to be turned off, set a timer, um, set a container. So for the next hour, we're going to be in sacred space together, light candles, have the mood lighting, put some incense. When you come into the door, we're going to not talk about anything of our past and we're going to spend the first, you know, five minutes just eye gazing with each other, sit across from each other, turn on the phone and just eye gaze, just breathe into each other's eyes and really feel the connection that is there. Then maybe the next, you know, um, 10 minutes you you work on breathing together. So we're gonna, we're gonna synchronize our breath together and we're gonna breathe into each other's eyes <sighs> and really create this ability to see and to feel each other and connecting each other's hands so we can start to feel the electricity and the current moving between both of you. That alone will start to spark usually sexual ener energy because sexual energy, what do we really want when we have sex? We wanna be seen, we wanna be felt, we wanna be connected to. Um, so that's really, you know, the essence of, of deep connection is, is through these practices. Then after that, like, okay, I just want to lay here and I'm going to practice just stroking your body. You know, you can have your clothes off and I'm just going to lightly trickle my fingers up and down your entire body for 15 minutes. And then we're going to switch and you do the same. Boom. Now you have an hour of deep connection, of deep intimacy, of presence, of feeling, of being in your feminine. There's no goal. You're not trying to get anywhere. If sex wants to happen after, great. Sex doesn't happen for that hour. 
and this is something that you can do, you know, and if you need to schedule that in once a week, we, we have this exchange. I mean, I do lots of rituals and practices like this, um, and I teach this, but this is an example of, of what you can do. Yeah. I was beautiful. I was tapping into my feminine as you were talking. Mm. I, don't know, I feel so, I feel much more connected to my feminine. It's interesting. And I was experiencing it as I was listening to your words. And I feel that that is part of uh, cultivating intimacy within at the end of the day as well. And then share it with uh, someone else. Yeah. yeah. It's, I don't know. I just feel <laughs> right now, maybe it's, 9 p.m. here in California so I'm just so relaxed and so into my feminine right now I'm so perfect this is a beautiful way bring this to your partner after you know bring this energy this is a transmission from the feminine and when we're around other women who are embodying these frequencies it's easier this is why I have the embodied empire which is my community of women who are constantly reconnecting to themselves and their feminine it's all about reconnecting to the feminine this is what happens we transmit this energy so by somebody who is embodying this frequency if you're around a bunch of other women who are busy in their business and hyper go 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 do 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 you're also going to be in your masculine this is why it's important to be around other women who are embodying a different vibration so that you can receive that transmission and feel that then you take this into your relationship and again you're not doing you're being and from that he feels that and from that you can shift the polarity yeah it is beautiful anyways that's that's all i had for you i really enjoyed everything we talked about today and and yeah i appreciate your work and your time with me today thank you so much Yeah, thank you so much, Coloma. It's been beautiful. I, I, I love being able to share. And um, yeah, I hope your listeners receive a lot of information. And if they're wanting to, you know, learn more, they can always find me on Instagram at Madame Bickham or on my website, amandabickham.com. And there's lots of, yeah, lots of the things that we talked about here. Um, people can continue learning and growing. And I hope that for everyone. Yeah. I will leave the links on the show notes anyways beautiful thank you for doing the work that you're doing i hope you enjoyed this episode if you want more content like this make sure to subscribe so you get notified when new episodes are released you can find me on instagram at inspira los angeles for more free and insightful information about mindfulness ecology and ancient wisdom if you want to dig deeper you can also check out my website inspiralosangeles.com There's free content that you can download so you can have some keys on how to live life from a more integrated and aligned space. Much love.